pour yourself a Pims and whip up that cream for those strawberries. This is Wimbledon, your 10-minute daily recap of the action at Wimbledon. Ready? Play. Iconic. We're here for one more walk through the hollowed vines of Wimbledon. The Hall of Vines. The Hallowed Vines. (laughs) Hallowed. (laughs) The Hallowed Vines of Wimbledon. (laughs) Uh, Jason. Hey, it's Aldwin. We hope you've really enjoyed our daily Wimbledon, which we know is is not on brand because it's usually 15 or 20 or 22 minutes. (laughs) Like this episode will be, but whatever. But whatever, let's get used to it. Get used to it, yo. Um, that's probably a good segue because we've gotten used to the the man holding the trophy. The last 10 years have been an incredible journey. It's not stopping here. <laughs> that's what he said. Did you doubt for any moment? Like, what what was going through your brain as the gentlemen were walking onto center court before their match. Did you actually think that Matteo might have a shot? I love the commentary from the, the ESPN folks because, you know, they talked about how Bertini was just outside the gentlemen's locker room and Djokovic made him wait and they're talking about like the strategy of that or the tactic of that and they're like <laughs> you know he's made him wait so he's already up to love so they, <laughs> oh, they, they do that kind of like BS which obviously uh, means nothing like I'm sure Berrettini's like oh my god he made me wait that's so terrible <laughs> but um, I thought Berrettini had a chance uh, it proved to be right that he did he had chances the problem for him was he was always playing from behind right in every set in every set yeah i mean at three five down in the first set who knew that it, at such an occasion berrettini would have the goods to push it to a tie break and then win that tie break so you know when he clinched the first tie break i said okay you know, there is a small window here. I mean, keep in mind, let's reference all the matches that Djokovic has come uh, back from behind by, right? Like, he's done that so many times this year. So even winning the first set in the final is obviously no guarantee. But I thought at least there was a glimmer of hope for Berrettini. Yeah, there definitely was. They both started off pretty shaky. Mm-hmm. Uh, Berrettini was, I think, a little bit more shaky, but... You know, Djokovic, shaky as well. He served three double faults, I think, in the first two games. Mm -hmm. But Berrettini, he kept rifling balls, like, in the bottom of the net. Backhand, like, he was hitting over on his backhand, not hitting a slice. Mm -hmm. And hitting balls into the bottom part of the net. I was really surprised that he came through uh, with that first set. He was down 4-1. He was down Mm 5-2. Only one break. But... um, yeah, it was pretty amazing to see him come through and fight to win that first set. Um, but again, he was always um, fighting from behind. So when Djokovic went up for love in the second set, you knew, okay, this is probably going to be the match. Like he's always going to be fighting from behind, which is never mm-hmm. good against a guy like Djokovic. 
Yeah, second set, I was going to say, second set 1-5 down, manages to claw his way back to 4-5, and then loses it, right? I think Djokovic just won that last game to clinch the second set at 40, like didn't lose a point. Um, what do you think that does on a person's mental... <laughs> like, what do you think that did for Mateo's kind of mental mind frame to just have so... work so hard to get work yourself back into the second set and then lose it i he was it was a different set in that he was down two breaks versus one in the Uh in the first set so he was always going to be um having an uphill battle i thought as i was watching the second set i was like he he needs to even though he's probably going to lose this set he needs to work his way back in at this point so that he's Mm. not losing it six love or six one going into the third which means he's lost all momentum he needs to regain some of it back even though he's likely to lose the second set so he was able to do that which i was impressed with yeah um I mean, but truly the story of the entire match was just how solid, gosh, I almost feel redundant saying this because we've said this about Joko so many times. He's, it's, he's so solid. And the question actually I had for you was in Mateo's post-match interview, um, one of the intelligent journalists asked him a really smart question (laughs) and was like, so what is it about Joko's game and he, again, he kind of prefaced his question by saying, you know, Mateo, you have been effectively using your slice and your big serve and your crazy forehand. What is it about Djokovic's game that made you uncomfortable today? And the first thing that came out of Mateo's mouth was, he knows how to neutralize my strengths. What do you think? Do you think, I mean, that's his perspective. Did you feel that Djokovic did that today? Do you feel that that is his greatest strength? He his greatest strength is his movement and flexibility, which allows him to neutralize other players' strengths, mm. like his yeah. serve, like his forehand. Like there were balls that Djokovic, any other player wouldn't have been able to get to, but Djokovic is able to get to because he can slide nine feet on the grass on his backhand <laughs> and be in a defensive position but hit an offensive shot. Yeah. So you know things like his backhand on the slide. Um, picking the right moment to come to the net. I don't think people give Djokovic enough credit for his net play. I think he won about 30 points at the net, just knowing when he had put Berrettini in an awkward position and, and picking the right moment. A few of the net points Berrettini gave to him because he just you know, hit it right to him or, or Djokovic guessed right. But yeah, it's his ability to... Uh, anticipate and um, yeah just pick the right moments I think um, against an opponent know their weaknesses I'm going to throw a nerd analogy at you okay because I really wanted to answer that question for myself Um, do you know of the X-Men series I do okay do you know who the Sentinels are I don't I don't know it that well (laughs) (laughs) okay so the Sentinels are a kind of like robot army that face the X-Men. Obviously, the X-Men have their own individual powers. And I liken Djokovic's greatest strength to what the Sentinels do. And I'm totally going to go down nerd lane here. <laughs> so let's say, for example, you're facing Iceman, right? Obviously, his superpower is um, freezing things. What the Sentinels do is they um, adopt 
the X-Men's superpower and it turn turn it against themselves. So what I find that's so incredible about Joko is that not only on just his level of tennis is so supreme, but he is constantly thinking about how he can make you uncomfortable. Like he's a true studious player you know sometimes players will just get into the groove of like hitting it with adrenaline and not thinking and but he's constantly thinking and like you can see his um, point construction get better and better and that's what I thought happened in this match and that's what I think Djokovic does in all of his matches he just gets better and better through the match whereas many players because they don't have the legs they just don't have the mental capacity they just kind of fade away but this guy gets better as the match goes on which is crazy incredible Mm -hmm. and to your point one of the things that he said in his post-match interview was losing the first set and the way he lost it helped him to relax which (laughs) is kind of mind-blowing when you think you know whenever we're playing a tournament we play best two out of three but if we lose the first set we're like oh crap we now have to win two but for some reason he said it it helped calm him down that the first set was over um and he was able to hit more freely which just i i'm sure annoys (laughs) anybody who's a roger federer fan and a rafa fan (laughs) Jeez, yeah. I mean, I don't know what how much more adulation we can give this guy. Um, he deserves all of it. Um, I know that we ragged on him hard last year when he, you know, all of his Adria Tour hijinks and then smashing the ball into the lineswoman's neck at the U.S. Open, which he, de- you know, he definitely deserved. But when it comes to the the tennis. And especially when it comes to how he has portrayed himself in his answers in the post-match interviews this entire year, I have a lot of respect for him. And I and I can't say that that's true for the people that I've played tennis with <laughs> the past few days that hate Novak. <laughs> <laughs> that that would have said that would have had anyone else win the Wimbledon Championship other than Djokovic. Yeah, I think. We've talked about this before on the podcast, so we'll, but we'll, it's worth repeating that I think there are people who just don't value someone vocalizing their desires and their dreams. It's, it's okay, I guess, for someone like Ash Barty because she's only won one, but if she keeps doing it and she wins five or six, maybe people will just be as annoyed as they are with Novak. Yeah, I mean... I mean, who knows? I think there's a, you know, there are a couple of factors that are into play. I mean, obviously his temperament doesn't help him out, but um, you've got some crazy facts now that really solidify Joko. I mean, we did the episode like snatching that goat goat status a couple of episodes ago, but <laughs> I mean, I think the next episode title should be like solidifying goat status. Like nobody, <laughs> nobody can fucking come for her anymore. Yeah, we... Um... We have to say that that was our most popular episode this season so far. People love to love or love to hate uh, <laughs> Novak, but the stats don't lie. The graphic that ESPN put up was uh, read dominating the big three narrative. This, so this was post-match mm. him holding the trophy. So comparing himself to the numbers of both Federer and Nadal since the start of 2011, Novak has won 19 Grand Slams, and the com- combination of Federer and Nadal have won 15. Masters 1000 titles 31, 
combined 29 for Federer and Nadal. ATP Tour Finals, 4 and 1. Uh, week set number 1, 328 for Novak, a combined 159, so less than half for Federer and Nadal. And mm. head-to-head, uh, Djokovic has won 55 of the 77 matches against both of them. Facts are facts. Facts are facts, y'all. No fake news here. Just the facts. Just the facts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't argue with that. You, you definitely can't argue with that. And, you know, I've said it before. I said if Djokovic wins this slam and ties him with Fed and, um, and Rafa... <laughs> I mean, that's I, I feel that that's what the Fed and Rafa fans have held on to for the longest time is the fact that he doesn't have as many slams as the others, as Rafa and Fed. So now that he's tied, I mean, it, all of those other factors combined really are just, you know, adding to the solidification mm-hmm. of him being the GOAT. Yeah, I mean, if you... I, I don't know the exact number. I think Federer, by the time he had won his first Federer had already had like 10 or 11 mm-hmm. um, Federer has only won I think like four in the last eight or nine years and yeah you know Novak has won a dozen so uh, well he's won 19 since 2011 so he's won uh, probably you know 15 or 16 since 2012 so it's pretty remarkable yeah, I mean, just one more thing about the whole Fed versus Rafa versus Novak goat conversation. You know, you have to you have to kind of factor in that Roger won, like you said, the majority of his slams when he was kind of the hot girl in town. You know, and there wasn't really anyone there to um, to challenge him, and Novak did the vast majority of his Grand Slam winning when he had Rafa and, you know, Roger in, in the game, plus other players. Mm-hmm. So, listen, I mean, we're... The question now is, Australian Open, Roland Garros, Wimbledon, he's got two major events left in the year, the Olympics. I think he's playing the Olympics, is he not? So, in the news conference, he... Um, was asked a question about the fact that the Olympics are now going to be played without fans and what did he think about this so he's it sounded like he's still on the fence about whether he's going to play oh sweetie Um, he said he was he 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 is quoted as saying he's 50 50 sweetie no come on you have the chance to win (laughs) the golden slam and there is no one right now that can challenge you. I mean, why not cement yourself in tennis history? Like I've said before, the fact that Steffi accomplished this feat in 1988, I never thought in like the history of tennis that someone would have that opportunity again. And he has it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe he's playing it cool. Maybe he like, you know, he knows deep down inside he's going to be over there in Japan, fans or not, uh, to claim that gold medal. But um, it's looking pretty good. Yeah, there's like, so I've, many players who have bailed out. Roger and Rafa yeah. being two of them. Yeah, Chapo's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. Ar- so, I think RBA maybe isn't playing. Garin is not playing. 
that's all guys he beat <laughs> <laughs> all and i mean all guys he beat but like that's a way easier path to that gold medal so yeah. i say why not why not girl maybe that's why he's not feeling it because he's like it won't be uh the competition won't be as stiff so maybe oh, he'll let he'll you... let like a monica puig win it Ooh, that's shady <laughs> that's so shady <laughs> Monica Puig beat some good players, sweetie, to win that gold medal. <laughs> she will not like that. <laughs> You'll have to circle back and remind me of who, <laughs> who she beat. Um, but this she has beaten a lot of good players. He didn't get to beat Rafa or Roger, but um, showed his dominance again. And uh, yeah, 2020. Okay, quick question for you. I just want to take a look at this draw one more time. Was there any point in this entire Fortnite where Djokovic was tested? Like, I can't think off the top of my head whether there was a situation where he was, like, pushed to five or, you know, he was only close. He only lost a f- uh, set in round one, the f- very first set against Mr. Draper. Ew, this is... Okay, sorry. Can I give you, since I have it up here, I'll give you a full rundown. Okay. First round, I know that's so funny. Draper lost for the first set six four. Then it was one two and two. Second round beat Anderson three three and three. Third round beat Kudla four three and then a tie break. Fourth round Garin two four and two. Quarterfinals Fuksovic three four and four. Chapo a tie break seven five seven five and then the final. Mm-hmm. That is fucking solid. Yeah. And I would say probably Chapo was his toughest match because he was behind, I think, in all of those sets. And he overcame, whereas with Berrettini, he was ahead in all of the sets. Yeah, Chapo, and again, Chapo was a better player. He just played the the important points like an idiot. <laughs> Sorry, that's that pisses me off even more and should make Chapo fans just enraged. Well, Chapo fans are, are understanding that he's only 22. And, oh, uh, please. <laughs> we'll have, sure, okay. <laughs> we'll have more chances to drip, drip with confidence on the court. I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I, I'm not a believer in more chances. Oh. I, I, I'm not a believer in more chances in that, like, you got to claim, you, like, this is RuPaul's Drag Race. You don't have, you have to act and get on court as if you're not going to have another chance. Gotcha. Do you think you're going to have another chance at an A semifinal? I don't know. I ho- we'll see. <laughs> it, d- it depends on how much I practice. <laughs> we see you, Montreal. We see you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. What else do we have to say about Djokovic other than Goran is looking as good as ever? I think he's super attractive. And then um, Nole, gave- <laughs> Nole gave that racket to that cute girl. Yeah. Um a cute moment I am for the first time at a loss for words <laughs> I don't know what more to say other than wow and someone better step up and you know take him down honestly the only person I can see beating uh, Joko this year is an intelligent sorry let me rephrase that when Chapo uh, learns a better shot selection and um, Rafa I can't see Federer beating him at all this year. The problem is for these younger guys is the three out of five sets. Like people yeah. can beat Zverev can beat him. 
uh, Medvedev can probably beat him. Team can probably beat him. But when it comes to best three out of five, it's very, very difficult. Probably the most difficult task in tennis. Yeah, you're right. So you're saying the two out of three gets them in, like two hot sets, you're out. But like I said earlier, you know, the fact that he gets better and better as the match goes on mm-hmm. poses a difficulty for those guys. Yeah, just ask Sitsipas. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could, but I deleted his number from my phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you haven't deleted us from your life after <laughs> inundating you for uh, for two straight weeks every day uh, with Wimbledon. They liked it. They, they really liked it. liked it. Mikey, Mikey, he liked it. <laughs> he liked it. <laughs> I don't know that reference. Oh, it's a cereal reference. <laughs> I think it's li- Life Brand cereal. Oh, with the kid with the eyeglasses. Yeah. Mikey, he likes it. He likes it. <laughs> um, if you like us, like, share, and subscribe. I don't know how many times we have to say <clears throat> this, but actually do it. You know, it doesn't really take that much. Give us yeah. five stars, share something, share the episodes with your friends, and uh, help us spread the love of this show. Yeah, and if you really like us, you can become a pre- patron on the Patreon page. Ooh, well done. <laughs> Look who's good at segues now. Oh my god, I learned from the best, honey. <laughs> um, so check out our IG. Our Patreon page is linked in our bio, and there are multiple tiers for you to choose from. And if you choose the top tier, we will send you some wicked-ass Ready Play Tennis podcast merch. Wristbands. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wimbledon is over for 2021. Oh my- I'm sad. This is our last Wimbledon of the season. I know, but... We'll be back. We'll be back. Maybe we'll do this for the U.S. Open. We have to. What are we going to call that? Um, to be determined. TBD. Gotcha. Bye. We're here for your tennis tainment or your tentertainment or whatever it is. But if you like what we're serving up, please give us a five-star review and like, share, and subscribe. And like such as. Wait, one more thing. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Ready Play Tennis Podcast.